Hello and welcome to the Beautifully Nasty Podcast. I am your host, Bianca. And happy Wednesday, y'all. My voice sounds way sexier than it used to with this rasp right now. I'm so sorry. I'm getting um, a little sick, which is weird because the weather here on the East Coast is absolutely amazing. All of our listeners who aren't from the East Coast or aren't from the States, it is so freaking beautiful out here. And it just feels like it's transforming everyone. Like everyone just seems so happy, wants to be outside. It's like, it's a really, really beautiful thing. So that is definitely getting a lot of us through our week and hopefully the month of March. I hope everyone's doing great. Um, I've been receiving a lot of good feedback about having this topic on the show this month, which is really exciting because I think a lot of people, everyone goes through different types of relationships and I feel like everyone always wants to know like what the answer is. So it's really fun to bring on these guests to kind of talk about all of that because I I sometimes think that people going through heartbreak is like some of the worst pain in the entire world. And I know that when it's happening, people just struggle and want to know all of the answers and where to go from there and if they're ever going to find someone else and what that feeling is when you find the right person, all of that. So it's kind of cool because a lot of the episodes do talk about that this month. As we talked about last episode, it's all about having the relationship with yourself first. So as corny as it is to say, which I know sometimes people don't want to hear it. I myself sometimes don't even want to hear it, but really putting all of the energy into yourself to know that you got yourself and you feel good and you'll be a hundred percent when the right person does come or the next person or whoever, or you'll be a hundred percent in the relationship that you're at now prioritizing yourself is always major key as you're trying to go through life and develop all the different relationships that will become a part of your journey. I hope that everyone, I wish for everyone, all of the listeners, that I hope you all find a love that reciprocates and reflects and even realizes all that you as a person do and give and are. But at the end of the day, remind yourself of those things and know everything that you give because I'm sure it's amazing and it's going to keep getting better. That's my little inspiration for the day. I hope I hope it helps. And today I, today I brought on a couple that I've seen their development from the beginning till now. And they're two people that I don't know if you would, you know, in the interview that we, we talk about, like, I don't know if you even expect them to be together. They even talk about how they've evolved into the person that they are. And if they had met even two years before they actually met, it's just, it's really cool. But how their story and, but the reason why I brought them on is because I think they are just such a beautiful example of love and what it's like to be in a healthy relationship. And they don't throw it in your face. They're not like, over the top. They're just, it's just something that you feel when you're around them. And um, I was like, you know what? They'd be so great to have on the show to kind of 
talk about their ups and downs, how they got to where they are and what that process was like. So yeah, so I'm so, so very excited to have them both on the show today. I think you'll enjoy it. It's very uplifting. We we giggle a little. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. So without further ado, here is the second episode in March in How to Love Yourself in a Relationship with Adam and Jonathan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beautifully Nasty Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca, and I'm here with two very special guests to me. I love them so much. They're my two great friends. I have Adam and Jonathan. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Hi, girl. So happy to see you and oh, be here. <laughs> I know. Since I haven't been able to see them all of quarantine. I know. It's, it's been, been a year. It's been a year. It has been Is a that year. Like literally a calendar year since I've seen you. Yeah. We were probably... Nuts. The last time I saw you, we probably were taking a bunch of shots and didn't ever think that would end. And yeah, Jonathan we like, was coming to pick so you carefree. up. We're yeah. <laughs> so I, I brought the two of them on because I wanted to bring a couple that I know and love. And I've seen their relationship blossom from the beginning to what it is now. And they're just both. Oh, look at them. And they're just both. Maybe because living in New York, it's hard to see healthy couples. Like I, we, Adam and I worked at the same bar. And I just feel like I'd see a lot of things start and then end or we're bartenders. A lot. People tell us many things. But with them, I really did notice like this beautiful kind of like relationship develop. And it was like very nice to see. So <laughs> I do. I love the both of you together. That's why I picked you guys to come on the show. Mm. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so we're what... going to get in a full blown out fight now. <laughs> yeah. Know, that was complete... So set up. So we plan on disagreeing a lot. <laughs> it's like I co- We completely jinx it. And we're, and we're like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but how did you guys, how'd you guys meet? First of all, we crossed paths actually early in my time here in New York city. But I was a mess like in all, a lot of my early years. And like we we had a crossover in our social groups. My roommates were part of his social circle. We're very close with a couple of friends that were from California as well. We crossed paths. I was in a relationship when we met, okay. when we crossed paths. And I am very, if someone's attractive, I shut off basically all of my energy toward them. And so like, we literally never once had an actual interaction that was more than the high by. He also looks different like every time you see him. Like oh. glasses, no glasses, hat, no hat. There's a lot of different versions. I'm a chameleon. And so yeah. I feel like, yeah, he was on the radar, but I was also a mess. Like I was running around like boy crazy pursuing a million different things. Yes. So we were ships in the night for uh-huh. a while uh-huh. um, until a couple years ago when I came across a video of his that went viral oh, where yeah. he is, I was just like having scoliosis. I was finishing <laughs> up a contract on a cruise ship and I, I was having scoliosis and I came across this video of this like very handsome mustached man singing like selections from the musical Waitress as Patti Lapone, And <laughs> the impression was so spot on. And there were so many elements in it that were converging at one point that I was like, 
I need to know this person. So I literally slid into the DMs. Oh, yes, God. yes, you did. Yes, I did. And I definitely ignored it at first. Yeah, okay. I was like, especially yeah. because we had met. And so uh, I had an image of- I was so, a slut before. Yes, uh, like, let's get real. I, and so I- You de- were there. <laughs> I was I definitely- I definitely was like, okay, I don't know if you're trying to slide, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes for those who can't see, slide into those DMs, or if you're just trying to make contact. So I was like, thank you. And then didn't really respond. But I pressed and I was like, you know what? There's just too much happening in this video. This is too specific. And I was like, I, and I remember saying to myself, we're either going to be best friends or we're shacking up. Mm-hmm. And so began a very like long couple of months of like literal, like DMing back and forth. And, and for being a slut, he kept, I was waiting for it to turn and be it? like, and here's my dick. Ah. No, he kept it. He knew, he knew. We kept he it knew. And, and I think at the root of it, I like, I am actually like a fairly like, romantic grounded person and uh-huh. so i i don't know i there, there was just for some reason i felt like there was actual substance here and it wasn't just the reason that i felt like i needed to connect with him was not because we were like sexting or texting like dirty pics back and forth through an app like i was attracted to not only you know, aesthetically what I was seeing, but also come on, all of these references converging on one point, it just really spoke to who I am as a person. And I was like, this is too specific. I need to know this person. And so I just, for some reason, always treated it very seriously. So my question is because I've known the side of Adam to be that flirtatious little he was You're like putting it lightly. Thank I am you. putting it so lightly. He was that per I feel like we both were those two people behind the bar. Like the we just we loved meeting everyone and maybe whatever with everyone who we like. Yeah. Yeah. Look, when you're young in New York City mm-hmm. and you're working behind the bar at a trendy place, yes. you meet a lot of people. And I think also it's ultimate, a perk of being a bartender. It is a perk. It truly but is. I also think that I don't know. And maybe you're like me in this way, but I always am like trying to keep my brain open to, yes, we may be meeting on like very shallow terms, but what if there is like a morsel of something there? So I I try to, I give things, I give, I give things shots. That's just what I. (laughs) You were, you test out all of the options. Why not? Yeah. But this one felt a little bit different. So I had to, I knew I had to be more consistent with it. That's what I was wondering how because I had seen you with so many people, how did this, it just trans, I, I was literally shocked when you were like, yeah, no, like I, I, when he first told me about you, Jonathan, I was like, okay, yeah, that's great. I'm happy, but we'll see what happens. We'll see. And then it just, it kept being a consistent thing. I was like, wait, what? And then I'm seeing like Adam completely smitten. And I'm like, what is going on right now? I've never seen him like this. Even when you had people, I never saw you like this. With I remember you saying this to me actually at work once. You were just like, I feel like I've just never seen you like this. Yeah, you were completely Correct. head over heels. And so what was that switch for you? You just- I don't know. It's, it's funny because I came back from finishing this cruise ship gig. We had been talking for probably two months at this point. Came home 
And the next day we had our first date and we like made out in the middle of the street in front of our apartment, what what is now our apartment building. And it was like a 36 hour date. And I don't know. It was just because we had so much conversation beforehand mm-hmm. through the the text messaging and so on. I felt like I really got to know a lot of who he was before we even really got to seal the deal in person. And I don't know. There's something about meeting somebody who has such common shared interest, particularly, I don't know, there's something about being a musical theater queen that's just so specific. (laughs) And I feel like it's the first time, this is actually the first time I've been in a relationship with another person who is an actor or a musical theater performer. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is new to me. And I don't know, I feel like that has become a really important uh, part of our foundation because we are very like collaborative and we bounce our creativity off of each other. And so I feel like that was a piece that was missing from a lot of my previous relationship attempts. And so to find somebody that like, will get a super deep, like old school musical theater reference, but simultaneously we can talk about drag race, like it's football. Yeah. Like you can't get that with everybody. True. And, and Jonathan, when did you start? When did you know? Um, so I'll be like, honest, I went into this, like, honest, I'll be really honest. (laughs) I went into this being like, knowing what you knew of him before all of this. I also (laughs) knew all of that. So I went in knowing that I thought he was super cute Mm -hmm. and thinking like, this could be fun Mm -hmm. and not thinking like, we're going to be in love. So when we met, that's sort of where I was coming from. I was like, I was two years out of a long relationship. My heart was like just back in the place where I was like, maybe I could be a whole person with someone finally. And had been attempting that already. So Uh when he came home, it was like the great, we have a lot in common. And then we had that first date and it was like, oh, wow. We like really get along, like really get along in a ways that I didn't expect, even though we have so much in common, because there's something, something that I always hated about like, okay, Cupid or online dating is Mm -hmm. you can fucking write your profile and we can like all the same books and all the same artists and all the same television shows. And then when we sit down, we literally actually have nothing energetically in common. And that was not at all the case. Like we we can sit in silence and feel like we're getting along. Like we just were very simpatico. And so like for me, it actually became this like kind of confusing journey of separating what I thought I knew of him and this man that I was meeting at the same time who you hear someone's reputation and there's like worry that you won't be enough for Uh somebody. And do you trust them when they say you are? And like the one thing that I kept hearing from people who really knew him, like roommates and stuff is, yeah, he gets around, he doesn't get very serious about certain men, but he's not talking about you that way. So it's, it was this like sort of dichotomy of, yeah, stay alert, but also know that you're different. Yeah, which was like what I was observing. I was like, what? I saw this change with you. And I think that in order to welcome love in your life, you have to look at your own patterns. And I have a pattern of not trusting. Mm -hmm. And so there was a part of me that was like, what if I just like gave in to the fact that he's showing up like 
I've never met someone who like lets their text messages sit open on their phone. Like he doesn't, they're not private. Like he doesn't hide much. Yeah. It just got to the point where it's, I feel like I should give him my heart. I feel like uh, it's safe enough for me to trust that he's showing me stuff. <laughs> but yeah. I, I will say this, it definitely, it definitely took some time. Yeah, definitely. Like I'd, I'd say that in the first year of our relationship, there were definitely moments where I felt like, and I think you would agree with this, like you were waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Like oh, where you were waiting I'm for sure. me to get wasted and go hook up with somebody or like something like, which which three or four years ago is not out of character for me. And so I totally understood that hesitation. And there were definitely moments where I was just like, I know that I have to, in a way, prove that I'm, that you can trust yourself with me. And so... I knew that was going to be part of the journey in our relationship. And so I, I also had to take responsibility for it. And, and I think that's part of what he's talking about with transparency and being able to leave my phone open and things like that is that if you can own what you have been in the past and the way that you've behaved in the past, and if, if you have an understanding of why you behaved that way, mm -hmm. and you can show that to another person, it's a great way to build trust. And I also want to yes. say that your previous behavior isn't shameful. I, I want to make sure we're not speaking. We all get like, slutty. We all, I, we all say oh, I have oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I, one of the biggest problems in my former relationship is I have a reputation like his before that relationship. And he for four yeah. years could never trust me. Never, ever. And so one thing I like yeah. wanted to make sure that I offered is I understand what it's like to be in a position where it's, yes, of course I was a whore. I love having sex and I yeah. wasn't in a relationship. Yes. Of course I'm going to like, until I fall in love, be making mistakes and like doing that kind of, and when I don't take someone seriously, giving it up because something better comes over. Yeah, that's right. New York. Like, that is. And God. so I was pretty messed with him. That was a trepidation of mine from hmm. once I could feel that we were more than just hanging out and that it was like actual dating. I was pretty clear that like your reputation proceeds. I want you to right. know that I'm gonna struggle with just a little bit and he was good enough to be like get it totally i was game it. for it and it's i've had also relationships in, in the past that have had that kind of dynamic take over where we would be six or seven months in and they'd be like i just don't believe that you're really that into me and i'm like then what are we spending our time on and so it's not a, a dynamic that i haven't encountered in a relationship before but i just feel like with this one there was just too much good that outweighed the possibility of something bad happened that it's you just have to take the risk at some point and it goes in both ways i think like i have i really have to had to work on allowing myself to be super vulnerable and like opening up channels of communication that i really hadn't mm -hmm. been exercising prior to this and, but like you said in the beginning i think that we've managed to find a really like healthy balance oh, and yeah. dynamic to our relationship and Oh, do you feel like it's because of, oh, so cute. Do you feel like it's because of where you guys were both at in your life? Along with the common interests, it also was just like the alignment of, okay, I've had all these past experiences. I've been this type of person. I've experienced all these people. Now it's culminated and I know the type of person I want. Absolutely. Absolutely. And something very true for me too is, and I just 
divulged this to him recently. When he moved to New York, I saw him on one of the like gay sex apps and didn't Mm -hmm. message him because I believed him to be too attractive for me at the time. That was like eight years ago, seven years ago when he moved here and didn't message him. So the irony later, it took me a long time to have enough worth to believe someone like him could even be interested. And that would have been something that I would have held against him for a long time years ago. So I had a lot of therapy since then and and like self-work that worth will always be a problem for me. But like, I could not have accepted that he would have found me attractive years ago. And it definitely takes a place of self-love on top of that. And given this like thing we're talking about, this trust Mm -hmm. that we had to build Mm -hmm. against previously conceived notions. I think that also has to do with the self-worth of I'm worth that effort. So I have to believe that he loves me enough to put that in. Yes. And so when before, when you were in other relationships or just when you were single, I I don't know, did you feel like you, you could tell your self-worth was the lack of your self-worth was getting in the way? Uh, Not until I saw a therapist and she literally was like, don't you think you're worth that person's attention? And I was like, well, my mind just blew open. I didn't realize that I don't value myself. And what are some things that you did to help with that? Or did she give you any like coping skills or? Honestly, it it come, you start to realize how that affects you in all aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. We got there because my career wasn't going where I wanted it to go. And I wasn't making the kind of money that I wanted. And she cornered it into, wow, it affects you in love. It affects you. And once you articulate something like that, it becomes like a new vocabulary word. You just start to see, I still deal with it in our relationship that like worth is a tough thing for me. So Mm -hmm. I think acknowledging it is almost enough to start opening and unpacking it. And totally. Well, and I also feel like I, I really try to take it upon myself to encourage him to take ownership (laughs) of the things that he creates. And like the, that this whole self-worth thing that we're talking about, he's very humble about some of the stuff that he does. And sometimes I, I just have to say, you need to like, Take some time to celebrate yourself. Adam's always the one that like always comes in and I'm like, oh my God, he's so talented. We're telling, we're like drunk telling all the customers, look at his boyfriend, watch his video. Like it is crazy. Like when, like some people don't know, especially like in the theater industry, like some people don't know who my boyfriend is until they meet him and realize also every time he comes to Harlem public, somebody comes up to him and it's like, Oh my God, you're inappropriate. Patty literally every time he would yeah. come to pick me up at work, some queen would run up to him and be like, it's inappropriate Patty. And he's very humble about it. He thinks it's just a party trick, but I really, I really try to push him to take ownership and to, to like we're saying, feel that sense of self-worth and, and know that what you're doing is valuable. Totally. I, yeah, I completely agree with all of that because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people get into relationships without having self-worth and then it ends up, they end up taking it out on the other person, which then makes the other person have resentment towards them. And it, it turns into this whole sort of jumbled situation that well, it's something someone can't give you. Like you, you can, no one has magic words to Mm -hmm. like, only you can give that to yourself and realize how you're undercutting yourself. Right. At every turn. 
Yeah. But also, but also I just feel like sometimes it can be hard to see. And so if I can make it easier for you to see the ways that you should believe in yourself, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, totally. And Adam, did you ever have any issues with your, like just loving yourself? Because Uh, you are a very, like we've said, you're a very confident person. I, you just have a presence. Everyone's it's almost, I think, intimidating to some people. And I understand why people would have judged you on a dating app being like, oh, he's just really out of my Yeah, life. I've definitely run into the word intimidating before. And I don't know that it's necessarily that I'm like hugely confident as much as I am very um, comfortable and have a strong sense of myself. Like mm-hmm. I know myself very well. I don't feel encumbered by how I'm perceived by other people, like in the way that I behave or the way that I express myself. And so I I don't want this to sound like it's um, a conceited sort of thing, but it's almost like I knew my worth and I feel like I was chasing a lot of people who couldn't see my worth. And so I was trying to prove my worth to them as opposed to trying to prove my worth to myself because I know that as a person that like, I really thrive in a relationship. I know that I love to take care of other people. It's just, I'm a very nurturing person that's in my nature, but people don't perceive me that way right off the bat. They definitely get to know you. And so before this, I have found myself in a lot of situations where I have to convince people like that I am a quality partner or that I can be trusted. And so it's a different angle on the same concept, you know what I'm saying? And not that I like, am like hugely like I'm the best person and (laughs) like I'm the best boyfriend. You should want to be with me. It wasn't anything like that, but I know that inside of me is the capability to be an amazing partner. And in a city like New York, where it's a revolving door and there are new people getting here every day, not for the last year, obviously. Yeah. But it's hard to find people that are not keeping their eye open for something for the next best thing or for something new. And I don't know, like I I knew really New York city is a great place to meet people and to hook up and Mm -hmm. live your best life, (laughs) but it's not necessarily the easiest place to find and cultivate uh, a healthy relationship. Yes. And I I knew my self-worth. I knew what I had to offer, but you have to dig through the garbage and like a lot of the damage that this, and a lot of the damage that this city can do to people and their emotions. And before you can find somebody who really can see that in you. And I, I think that's where I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah. No, because you really, especially in New York, you have to, It's already hard enough just like being a creative person in that city. You have to have that confidence in yourself, but trying to find a relationship when you're struggling today to fight through just like the grind of it all. It's just, I, I guess it's part of the learning process, but it is a recipe for disaster. If you are (laughs) not aware, if you, and I feel like I just, but then you just see everyone else doing it. So you're like, I'm just gonna. This is it. We're all doing it. We're all a mess and trying to figure it out. So it makes it like normal. Absolutely. And and the thing is like, you've been in New York for quite some time. Yeah. I got to New York like seven years ago. And the weird thing also is that when I was living in California, I was like a serial monogamist. Like I had one and a half year relationship, one year relationship, like 
three-year relationship, like back to back to back, like kind of situation. And then I moved to New York City, like with a broken heart and Mm -hmm. wanted to mend it by trying to find a relationship. And I learned very quickly that that is not the gig out here, especially when you're brand new. Mm -hmm. And so my like proclivity to be slutty essentially was almost like like a survival tactic in a way yeah it does it's weirdly that it's like armor in a way you like okay like i'm gonna harden my heart total 80s song and i'm just gonna enjoy the shell for the first five or six years well you're also so fucking busy and worn down that it becomes like a pacifier for finding a relationship like we get indian food at midnight if we wanted a milkshake can be delivered to our door i can walk outside and get the perfect coffee or glass of wine within 10 feet of my house and there's a dick in my building that i don't ever have to give a fuck about what's attached to it i can get what i need i'm gonna put the bullet points of what i want out of this interaction boom boom and now I get to go to work tomorrow feeling like I did everything I needed to do today and you just have to like numb off all the feelings of if I ever wanted a relationship and also there are just so many kinds of people in New York like Yeah, I I went on lots of fabulous dates with people that like we could be friends or maybe we're like we've got a lot in common, but we're both bottoms. Or Mm -hmm. I feel like Mm -hmm. there's so much more to sift through. If we lived in Oklahoma or somewhere, it would be like you're the only musical (laughs) theater homosexual. Thank God we found each other. But it's literally here you can be like. He loves musical theater, but he doesn't love Sondheim. I don't know if we can be together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I have a friend that always said, you make rules until you make exceptions when you're trying to find love. And I feel like in New York, you can literally continue to just add those rules on because eventually someone comes along that meets most of your requirements or they don't and you make the exception. Exactly. <laughs> and do you feel like you guys have made exceptions? And no. any each other no i i feel like we've been able one of the things that i love about our relationship is that i feel like we've really managed to stay true to our our individual selves while coming together and i'm not saying that it's easy and i'm not saying that there are times when we i don't know encroach upon each other but you have to we have i feel like developed a really effective channel of communication. And we have learned that as frustrating as it may become, or as, I don't know, as angry as we might get sometimes, I feel like we're always able to take ownership of the parts that like, this is just me reacting. This is not something I'm not, I don't want to make you defensive is something I think uh, a dynamic that we've really tried to, but I feel like we've held very strong, we've held on very strongly to our individual. I think who we are as individuals complements each other really well. So yeah. it's been really easy to. I think um, we made an early analogy when we were like still sliding through the DMs that it was like, we were cut from the same cloth, but we have different finishes. Aww, <laughs> yeah. I love I, There's more like beating in sequins on mine, maybe. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. That's That's awesome. It's what people... It's just what everyone wants, but it does take a second to get there. And they always say that it happens when you least expect it. And that is, 
and not in the way you hoped it would be packaged. My last relationship, I would say the courtship was like storybook, something you can't wait to tell your grandchildren about. But the relationship was a hot mess because uh-huh. trust didn't exist and mm-hmm. like all of that. He's a good human, but as lovers, we don't work. Where this, I don't know that sliding into the DMs is necessarily a story <laughs> that like I can't wait to tell my grandchildren, but the foundation that we built is an example that I'm very proud of. Like you don't expect it to go that way. Yeah, no, and I think that's what I noticed with you guys is that it was just so clear that you both were so comfortable around each other and so supportive, but also like we're separate humans because you can spot the codependency that so many people have, especially in New York, because you're like, I have like, again, I'm a mess. You latch on to things and like for comfort. And then that relationships can become codependent, but I never felt that way about you guys. And I think that's just like a testament to like how you both are individuals aside from each other. And also speaking to that in this past year, we have been in the same apartment, largely spending 24 hours a day, seven days a week together. And, and, And there are times where it does feel like moment this is feeling codependent and so we we try again to keep a really open channel of communication about that and say when we need space when we need like when we're feeling crowded when we just i think that's such an important thing to do and i think it would have been really easy in a time like this to succumb to a dynamic that becomes really unhealthy and being able to step back and and really try and maintain that sense of individuality. And I think also a great component of that is that we both have taken on like creating art for ourselves or yeah. we've started creating content for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we've both been doing that the entire time. But lately, I feel like we've really felt more creatively inspired, both of us. And that has been, I think, a really great dynamic to add into the relationship because we're constantly, I feel like we're inspiring each other. I feel very inspired by his work. Likewise. Bouncing ideas off of each other, even collaborating on the projects themselves. And so I think that's been a, a really wonderful dynamic that I've never experienced in a relationship before. Mm-hmm. That really, to me, brings this kind of to the next level, particularly. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it? it, Oh, no, continue, continue. No, you go. No, before, I'm going to move on to another point, but so I want you to- No, move on. Okay, okay. So if you, do you feel like because you're you're both creatives, it ended up working with each other rather than, because I think a lot of people would be like, oh, do you feel this competition with your partner? Or a lot of people say it's good to have someone who has like an opposite career as you. So it gives that separation. I, my like first real relationship when I was like 19 through 22 was another actor who was a similar type as me, just older. I mean, it was a nightmare. So I (laughs) never, ever got in a relationship with an actor again. Like the mind game, like it was really competitive and like I'm competitive, but somehow managed to keep it out of our dynamic. But he was very ugly competitive and it took me a minute to realize that. And so I have been dating strictly muggles. Like uh, no dating mm -hmm. actors, doesn't matter. Like maybe a showman's (laughs) happens, but we're not, this isn't 
isn't carrying on. I don't want to deal with that again. I've been very opposed to it. But something that's hard when you date somebody whose career is opposite is I don't know how to explain to you that my career can sometimes take a more important place. Sometimes that's just how it is when you're an artist because mm -hmm. opportunities are few and far between. And yes, you'd like me to go with, to with this, go with you to this wedding, but that I don't care about your friend and I want to go do the show. So, so like, how do you, that's, and that's been a struggle. Like mm -hmm. I would say a large part of my dating time in New York has been having to explain that to people that don't understand. And then we break up or stop seeing one another because they're, they, it's hard for non-artists. But we are, again, cut from a similar cloth, but two different finishes. We There's not a lot of overlap. And there is definitely overlap for as sure. far as like parts that we would both be appropriate for. But the work that I tend to be attracted to and the work that he, that really speaks to him, or the parts rather, mm -hmm. they seem to be very, very different. Desperate. Um, and also, if we were up for the same role, like if they choose him, it is a different, it is a different <laughs> thing. I, we that they want a six foot man <laughs> that uh -huh. so I, I don't feel like it would be personal to be like how dare you get it i feel nothing but creative support totally. in this relationship like whenever back when the world was functioning Whenever one of us had a callback, we were running lines or- Choosing you know, outfits. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> and I think I similarly have come from dating a lot of muggles. And it's to be in a relationship where I don't have to explain what a 16 bar cut is, <laughs> is pretty amazing. And there's a weird balance that comes from it also. It's funny, in my previous relationship, which was my, my longest relationship was with a muggle, and what I realize now in retrospect is that he like he couldn't be in a he had to be the star in the relationship. We couldn't both be stars. He had to be the star essentially, and he was a muggle, so that just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so being with another performer, especially somebody who is so confident in his ability level and what he does, there's a real balance I feel, and also because I feel like we serve different purposes in our industry. And I don't feel competition. I feel support. That's really... It's, um, it's been invigorating, actually, I would yeah. say. And it's yeah. nice to be able to discuss when you get sides for a callback and like figuring, like I would cold read with you for scenes he was doing for his acting, acting class. And <laughs> it, it's creatively fulfilling for both of us, I think. Or losing out on something really big. It's so nice to come home and be like, you understand you that I don't fucking want to talk about this. Yeah. Like, yeah. You understand that what I want to do is have a margarita and be internally upset while pretending to not be upset. And right. you get that. Where got like, it. I've been in relationships with muggles where it's like, God, you're upset today. You're in really bad mood. It's, yeah, I didn't yeah. get Jersey Boys on Broadway. And I found that out today. And I, I feel like just being panic. And that's yeah. just how it's going to be. Yeah. Like, we have the right words to be like, you know what, fuck them. Or this wasn't your opportunity. Or you totally. should be grateful that Tara Rubin mm -hmm. saw who you were. And, and fuck, like, fuck them. Fuck them. Let's, yeah. let's yeah. go. <laughs> So we're going for a walk today. Yeah. And you really couldn't get that if you were with someone who wasn't in our world. Like, or is competitive with you. Or right. is totally. competitive. Exactly. That is such a good point. Speaking of competitive, I a lot of some listeners have wanted to know about the male gay culture in New York and the oh, sure. competition and how that has affected self-love in general because it's such um an intimidating community 
I would say. And I think we touched on it a little bit earlier with the rotating door concept. And again, like my light on my feet tendencies a couple of years ago were a survival tactic to protecting my heart in New York City. Like you learn to engage physically while separating emotionally because that's just a big part of it. And here's the deal. Like people don't move to New York City to fall in love. They move to New York City to pursue a dream. For themselves. Yeah. And, And that's why I moved here. So I also had to adjust that part of myself in a way, but it did for a couple of years, it felt like it bled me a little bit dry. Like it it did after a while really leave me wanting for something, something more substantial, but it's really easy. I feel like to kind of shut that part of yourself down and start inflating the importance of shallower things. Or like, I know for myself, Adam, for those who cannot see, typically falls into a very attractive set of men. He's tall. Yes. Has great musculature. Has the tattoo. Has the tattoos. (laughs) Yeah. He's a very attractive man. The daddy look. um, Yeah. I am a short nerd and like that is correct. So my market is, my market was always a little bit more sly. And for myself, I started learning, especially in app culture, to present the sexual sides of myself because that might be more enticing to somebody than my actual, just like me offering myself. Oh. You know that I like, duh, because maybe I'm not as attractive as you want, but if I have all of that to offer you, these things that I'm presenting, uh-huh. like that became a way of survival is using my sexuality to be the thing that I put forward first because I don't fall into the most attractive market. Now, something I will say about New York is it is hard, but there is someone for everyone. Like I would say as a gay man compared to most places in the country, it can be incredibly difficult, but, but you're someone's type here. Like that is something that uh, I, in the same way that I've felt bad about myself in gay bars, I've Mm -hmm. also felt incredibly great about myself at times because sometimes someone crosses a room to come all the way to talk to you and who the fuck are you in this gay bar? But there is someone for everyone. It's just that there's also so much fucking bullshit at the same time. Yeah. And I also think that when I moved here, it's really when app culture went into full swing. And so like on top of shutting down emotionally and embracing myself more as like physically, you really begin to build value. Something that people have said to me throughout my life is that you're such a free spirit. And at some point I sewed that together with the notion of being promiscuous. And that kind of became part of being free spirited. It's just, I don't feel, I feel I'm unencumbered. I don't have any strings. I just flit in and out of bedrooms and I'm fine with it. And that was a part uh, of myself that I, at the time, felt was like really valuable. And now when I look back on it, I'm like, yes, I enjoyed myself and I'm not ashamed of no. having a colorful sexual history. Yes, no of us should be ashamed. Totally. Yeah. You, it really helps you cultivate your taste. <laughs> but it's very interesting because I don't know. I, I just think that now to be able to have found somebody that I can live that, those like dirty fantasies with also, but also have a meaningful <laughs> relationship with, it's like jackpot, baby. Yeah, and, and because I feel like a lot of any of like my gay male listeners are going to watch this and be like, oh, 
this is what I want. And that's what they want. But I do see the struggle in that community in general. And I understand like sometimes when when I'd go with whoever, my roommate, you remember John and every, we'd all go downtown, yeah. go to all the gay bars. And I'd be like, oh, wow, this is, this is intimidating. Nobody's looking at me and I'm feeling like, why am I feeling like intimidated by, yeah, maybe I'm not good enough to be here right now. No one's going because it's like, everyone feels like they're on, they know exactly what they want and they're so confident and they, and that free spirit of, I don't really give a fuck if I don't like, if we talk, if we don't, if we hook up, if we, if I never see you again, if I treat you like shit and you're like, wow, okay, great. I'm going well, and, to the corner. And that's the thing is that you're going to cross paths, especially in bars in New York city with people that are on a very specific mission for the night. Yeah. And so it's, I'm the kind of person, and this is, I think a weird factoid. And again, a thing that sort of belies my, my aesthetic is that I don't really have game guys i don't know i like i don't know but don't he's glaring at the camera not purposefully the thing is that when i see someone and i'm like mm, yeah i'm gonna go up to that guy and uh-huh. i'm gonna talk to him i i can't do it like it, it like i have to be caught like in in a separate conversation just like being myself or whatever but when, but when it comes to i'm not good at going out to bars Cause I'm not good at going up to people approaching them. Like I'm used to, I'm a bartender. I'm yeah, used to we're just, coming up and talking to me. Yeah. And us, but Hey, Hey, but yeah, I don't know. Like bar culture is also a really interesting part of being a gay man in New York city because that tied together with app culture is like, now you go to bars and nobody talks to each other. Yeah. We're trying to lure the cat up. I know. I'm like, I'm waiting for the cat to come in. (laughs) He's stalking. (laughs) Yeah. I I agree. I see it. It's talked about a lot. And yeah, I think that it all just like comes down to allowing yourself to have those experiences with different people and not to be ashamed of it, but also figuring out who the fuck you are and what you want and being confident about it. Totally. And also it, it like ties in with what we're talking about with self-worth. If you can still find within yourself, if you can still say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to be a slut if I want to be. If you still have a strong sense of self-worth, then you, I, I think it's it's not a bad experience for you to go out and try all of those things. You, you gotta just do something till love comes along. Yeah, you do. You have to. You sure. gotta, and again, in this type of a city, <laughs> every night that you go out could be the night that you meet the person of your dreams. Oh my you gosh, never know, I know who you're going to meet when you go out in New York City. And God, I miss going out. <laughs> it's so weird because I like a year ago, I was like tired of bartending. Oh, same. I, yeah. And I just can't wait for it now. I can't wait for the summer to go out in New York City. Especially with outdoor dining here to stay. It's I know. Be so it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be amazing. We're getting the He's cat. saving our cat from eating a poisonous plant. Please save him. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I agree. The social aspect is, it's just, it's hard because y- you want to balance. I'm not trying to look for the one. I'm just, I'm trying to come off as like cool and I don't really care, but then I don't want to get attached to this person, but I want to get attached to the right person. So it, it, I totally like 
get that whole, it's so, and that's why people get into toxic relationships or they stay in relationships that they're not supposed to be in. But I think at the end of the day, it's really just getting to a comfortable place with yourself where you feel like, fuck yes, this is what I deserve. This is who I am. I'm awesome. And whoever aligns with me is just, that's the person that I'm supposed to be with. I also think being really clear in your intentions is an important thing. Because if you, if you ask a person, if you're out and you like interact with somebody and you're, I used to, and maybe this is me like getting too deep, too fast with people, but I would be like, if I had a good interaction with somebody, I would be like, okay, so what's the deal? Are you date? Are you looking to date somebody? Are you just like living your life light on your feet? Because if I know where you're at, then I can adjust my expectation levels so that I'm not like giving too much energy to this, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. That was something that I used to like. And the thing is that sometimes people will hear you say something like that and they'll be like, this is too much for me. But that's a signal to me that, okay, like I'm going to bail out now before I like my feelings or get too. Or you can't communicate or communication is clearly not one of their strong suits, which is going to suck. (laughs) So I think it's just interesting over the years, you learn how to be strategically slutty. That's what I was looking for, that word. I was like, what is the word? It's strategically slutty. Like tailoring sluttiness to meet your particular needs. (laughs) Like until love comes along, you know? (laughs) That's what life is like in this city. It really is. It is. That is so freaking funny. I, I completely agree. So if you, I love that. You always would come up with those little phrases that. You know, I'm going to trademark it, baby. I know you better right now (laughs) because. I'm working on it. So what would you, okay. So the two of you, what would separately, what would your advice, what would you give your personal relationship advice or what would it be? I feel like they may be similar, but we'll see. My personal relationship advice. To have a healthy relationship. Yeah. Find someone you don't feel the need to change who they are inherently. You Mm -hmm. need to be able to love them for who they are and Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to show the ugly parts of yourself to them because if they can't love them, then they can't love you. That was very. If you can't handle me at my Kelly Rowland, you can't take me at my Beyonce. <laughs> Actually, they're both fierce. So I like cut that out. But my relationship advice, I, I just think it's, I think it's really important to retain your sense of individuality. And I know yes. that this isn't something that the straight population really encounters, but I know that in the gay community, a lot of the times we see partners that look suspiciously similar to one another. And, and I don't know what that is, if it's like uh, subconscious vanity or if it's just like us thinking that looking a particular way is going to fulfill the needs. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But I think that it's really important to create a very strong bond and relationship with your partner, but for you both to recognize that you are still individual people. Not mm-hmm. every decision needs to be made like for both of you and being able to have conversations about that is really important and to not be defensive about it. Yes. Yeah. No, I I love that. I love that. I love both of the things that you said, because I think that sometimes you meet a person that you fall in love with and sometimes it's only love that's there. You're like, I love this person. I want to maybe even help or fix this person so they can be the better version of themselves. And then it's, oh, things change in that process and that's okay. But 
I, I think that it really, so it needs to be what I'm trying to say is about you yourself. Like you totally. Yeah. And not basing and, it so much on the other person. And I think something like, like you have to feel like a complete person within yourself to really be able to give yourself over and open yourself up to another person. Yes. And so it's, you don't want to look to another person to complete you. You want to feel complete on your own mm -hmm. and then find somebody who can help support that. And totally. that you can support their individuality also. Totally. I think it has to be an equal balance. And I think that's something that I really come back to in this relationship. I feel like it's very balanced. When like, and it, it sometimes gets out of balance, but we are, have the ability to talk about it and clear the air and reset. And I always feel on an equal uh, playing field. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Do you guys, okay, that I freaking love that I have you guys on this show. This is awesome. <laughs> this was so great. Are you freaking kidding? Ugh, I just love this because I think it just gives, it gives people what I really like about this interview in general right now is I think it gives people hope, people who are single hope. And I think it gives people in relationships hope to like, it's to what, whatever situation you are in life, it's going to work out how it's supposed to. You'll meet that person. Like you said, when you least expect it, and it may not be the fantasy sort of way, but you'll know because it will feel aligned, which I think is, is awesome. And I think that it's important to note that like things still get messy. It takes and work. hard between mm -hmm. us. I, we still argue. There's still places that For sure. we work to meet eye to eye. And it's about being able to talk through that number one and knowing how, like how much of that you're willing to accept in your life. You have to know that is a part of love. Nothing is perfect. Nothing is easy. And you have to welcome the work. You can't resist it because when you start resisting it, and again, it, it is about being individuals, but you have to know when it's time to work on the relationship mm -hmm. and on, on, on the connection between you two and not just yourself. Because there are times when it feels like you don't want to necessarily have that conversation because it'll be more comfortable for me to not say it. Right. But you also know that the relationship will benefit from this conversation, even if it's uncomfortable. So yes. what's more valuable yes. having the conversation? Exactly. 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 That is awesome. I'm trying to think, did I ask all the questions that I wanted? I feel like you guys like answered them all. This was amazing. Any so words? Oh, oh, it's, oh no. Say what you're interesting. Cause I'm going to, oh, I was just going to say, it's so interesting because I feel like a lot of this is so unspoken between us. Like we don't sit around and are like, wow, we are so healthy. But when you talk about it, it's like, wow, this is one of the healthiest relationships I've ever had. Yeah. We did not prepare for this. <laughs> no. Good. Not like, good. Okay, we have to talk about this. Yeah, this. No, we I wanted like, to just go in. Yeah. And it's so funny that you're saying we don't ever talk about this. Whereas I feel like I just see it with you guys. Like it's just. Mm -hmm. From an outside, it's nice to know that we're on the same page. Like yeah, it feels yeah. like it's very reassuring. I, yeah, and it just shows you that like how connected you guys are, like that. That it's like that. I think that is what's being healthy, right? That you're able yeah, to. Yeah. You don't have to freaking talk about it all the time. Like we're we're right on track or whatever. Like all that stuff. <laughs> Do you? So how long in the dating scene have you both? I'm like. It, do you mind sharing your ages? Because I feel like a lot of people are going to be yeah. like, I wonder how old they are when they met each other and all that stuff. Yeah, we're both 36. Yeah. And we've been together for two years now. Mm -hmm. Recently, it been two? <laughs> our anniversary, 
It's been two it's years. Been two it's years, been two so. years? Yeah, Crazy. living together for just over a year. It feels like it was honestly yesterday when you guys met. Or when I started seeing you come into Harlem Public a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's crazy, it right? That's Two years. crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. This it, year was a literal leap year. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't it, yeah. It does, that's true. Count. That's probably why I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. I blocked out that entire year that you had as an, in a relationship. Right. So that makes sense. What? Where can people find you both and what you're offering creatively? Because obviously. You can find me on Instagram or more recently, TikTok He's is where all, I, I'm killing the game on TikTok ah! at my gay bartender, creating all kinds of ridiculous queer cocktail comedy content. It's amazing. At my gay bartender on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, but TikTok's where the party is. Okay, you heard it. Yeah, he's killing it over on TikTok. But I am at Inappropriate Patty if you are a Patty Lapone musical theater fan on either TikTok or Instagram. He is a genius. Please follow. That's how we got here. That's That's how how we got to this podcast. (laughs) That's how we that's started. How we got to this relationship and to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what we started obsessing over Jonathan and drunkenly telling the whole bar, watch his videos. He's so great. <laughs> and we will continue to do it. Yes. And we'll give you a shot when we do it. Every video. Every, we, every well, time. Every time. Thank you guys. This was amazing. Thank you for being here. I so it appreciate so it. Yeah. Thank this you, was awesome. Diego. I love you so much. I love you. Okay. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for supporting this podcast. We so appreciate it here. Please check us out on social media, Twitter and Instagram, Beautifully Nasty Pod. You can email us with any questions or if you'd like to be a guest on the show. The website is coming soon and that will have all the info. It's really cool. I'm super excited about we're going to have the merch coming out soon, the Patreon page. So So many things to come within the next month, and I'll be making all of the announcements on Instagram and Twitter for that. You can find me at Bianca Vitali with three E's underscore at the end. And that's my own personal Instagram account. And it's March, so we're talking all about relationships, the ups and the downs, the beautiful things, the questions that you all have. Love, man. It's crazy. (laughs) So stick around for the next two episodes of the month. And again, if you have any questions that you want answered on the podcast, send them over. You can DM us or email us. As always, next week for the next week until we meet again. Please love on yourself. Just do something nice for you within the next week. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Bye.